Hey guys, welcome to Fuck Small Talk. I'm your host, Mariah Joe, life and recovery coach. I have my master's in sociology and a few certifications in nutrition and behavioral health. I'm also a certified peer recovery specialist, which is a fancy way of saying I use my own experience with addiction and mental health to help others heal too. And I'm here to say fuck that, to fake fluffy talk for the sake of fitting in. You don't need to fit in, you belong. Let's dive into this week's big talk topic. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode. It is another solo episode, actually. It's just me. And it is Thanksgiving week. And so there is a lot of things coming up for me. And I wanted to jump on. And uh, I always say it's going to be a shorter talk when it's just me. And we'll see how this goes because I'm also a rambler. But I'm so grateful that you're here. And if you are listening to this, like as it um, launches, Thanksgiving has already happened. And so I am here to talk about so many things. This is going to be a continuation of the learning to hide episode of Fuck Small Talk. Gosh, I did that way earlier on in the podcast. And so I think that was maybe my fourth episode. And so I labeled it learning to hide childhood memories and CPTSD part one. And so this is going to be learning to hide part two. And really, it is just me coming forward with some hard truth that I have been um, realizing lately. And I don't know, I just I really want to talk out some of the spiritual gains that I've been making in the last couple of weeks. So I've been in a bit of a rut and I've been really honest with everybody that follows me on social media um, about this. Either you've seen me being absent from social media or when I do share, I feel like it is very... Um, it's like really sporadic. I feel like I'm just kind of sprinkling things here and there because that's honestly how my energy comes to me right now. I am taking so much time to, um, rest, (laughs) to rest. And, um, before I was taking time to rest mentally and physically and spiritually, and just trying to spend time with myself before that, um, for several weeks, I was practicing hiding and uh, it's just so hard because when we're when we're in an active hiding season of our life, so many times we don't even realize that we're doing it. And so this is where like denial can come into play. And we're like, no, no, it's not even like that. You know, when we start to like tell ourselves like, oh, it's not that bad, you know, but this is usually we know when we are in a hiding season, when we are engaging in um, behaviors or definitely thoughts, and we're letting these emotions kind of run our life. And so we, a lot of times, um, you know, after a series of events, maybe it's a pretty large trigger or something that's happening um, in our in our day to day. For me, it was a breakup, it was a home change, it was moving alone, it was all of the silence, um, realizing that like my very energetic, very happy, bubbly, positive partner was now my ex and we were no longer in communication and I'm such a serious person by nature. I like seriousness. It's 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 my normal personality and so sitting in a lot of my own company and my own silence again has been really uncomfortable for me because I had counted on having, you know, my partner in the house or in the room or to come over or to call me 16 times a day because that was definitely his style. And no matter how much I was like, oh, like, you know, just feeling overwhelmed with how much our energies didn't match sometimes it was. And I'm starting to realize 
a really, really beautiful thing for me because it taught me so much about being able to let go and being able to just be present. And, you know, I'm someone who, when I let it go unchecked, my anxiety, like my future tripping really can get out of control. And so can my depression, which is my backwards thinking and my ruminating and my mulling over things that I didn't do, things that did happen, things that I wish did happen. Um, and just replaying all of those things over and over in my head. And so I can get really stuck. And I really, really realized that once I moved into my own one bedroom apartment again, and that energetic, like pull from my partner from all of his like high spunk energy was nowhere to be found. So not only am I not surrounded by the environment and the energy that I was used to being able to like pull me out of certain situations and headspaces and stuff, certain feelings. But also on top of that is my grief of the loss of the relationship in general and the friendship and the connection. So it's been, it's been hard. On top of that, I'm in between jobs. And so um, there was definitely some weeks there where I was just sheer panic. (laughs) I'm just like, you know, after the move, it was an unexpected breakup. It was an unexpected move. And so like all of these feelings of instability are getting raked up and I'm starting to really get scared, you know, like, or I was, you know, like this is past tense, but this is, I'm just kind of recapping my last couple of weeks. And if you've listened to the podcast episode, you can kind of understand it's just been some choppy waters out there, man. And I am trying to learn how to surf while the water, like, it's like, while the storm is happening, I'm like, oh shit, I guess I never learned how to swim. Um, And so like that's that's false. You know what I mean? Like my mind tells me that I'm I don't know how to swim, that I'm not good at it, you know, but the reality is is that I've gone through so many different forms of turbulence before in my past and I have the tools these days in year 4 of my recovery to be self-aware enough and to recognize what it is A that I'm not doing, what it is B that I need to do, <laughs> and C who I can reach out to, how I can start to uh, even step by step, just little like tic-tac size changes I can start to make in how I communicate with certain people, who I communicate with, what I'm ingesting. And I don't just mean food um, or alcohol or weed or anything like that. Like I, I literally have to check myself. Like how many times am I finding myself scrolling through Facebook or scrolling online doing whatever? I find myself being on Pinterest, trying to create a Pinterest board for, you know, rooms that definitely I can't afford right now. You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing spending my time on these apps and on my phone? I guess like all of that, like, you know, I won't, I won't, I'll save spare the details just because I know that you guys experience this too. I know that I'm not the only one that does this. And so Yeah, those are just a few things, you know, that I've just rambled off, you know, some things that I've been engaging in where it's just like, this feels good right now. I'm going to press the easy button. And uh, that's why I want to call this episode Learning to Hide Part 2, because I have been actively participating in hiding from myself and from my own life, my own responsibilities, even hiding on social media, hiding from people who love me. And it's just because I've been in a really, really big rut. And that is my autopilot response is to pull back, be a recluse, put my walls up, isolate. And um, somehow my mind throughout, you know, how I was raised, how I was programmed as as a little kid, I was taught 
that the world was so chaotic. Everything was so scary out there. I was going to be hurt in some way, shape or form. So the only solution was to get alone with myself and make sure that I'm good. Like learning to hide means that I save my own life. And so like I learned these messed up messages early on, you know, in my abusive childhood growing up in the home that I did, you know, it was very much, well, I just need to keep this secret. I can't tell the other adults in my life that this is happening at home. I can't tell my parents that this is what's happening in my feelings. I can't tell my grandparents that this is what's happening in my home either. You know, like there was all of this stuff. And and if, and if a lot of this stuff is new and you're like, what the heck is she talking about? Please go back and re-listen to that first episode, that learning to hide part one. Um, I think it, like I said, it was like the fourth episode, but that might be really helpful um, because I'm not going to go and recap all of that. So I'm just kind of jumping into present day and recognizing that I definitely subconsciously, unknowingly have been triggered and acting out on those triggers in my fear of abandonment, in my attachment styles, in my feeling rejected, feeling alone, feeling hurt on purpose. Um, Like someone has actively tried to hurt me. You know what I mean? Like it's this angst and resentment and all these things. But these are all things that I have decided in my mind that like I've decided that they're accurate. You know, when you blame other people and you're in denial and you're like, it's their fault, this fault. We're very good at taking the victim mentality a lot of times and just being like poor me um this didn't go right this didn't go right this person treated me this way this person didn't call me back <laughs> like whatever it is right like we are very good i i don't mean to like lump all of us in there but if this resonates you know if the shoe fits then maybe this episode is for you so since i spoke a little bit on energy i really want to dive into that because i am reading this book right now And um, it is a way for me to definitely tap back into my spirituality and come home to myself. I said that on my stories earlier this week. If you don't follow me on Instagram, um, go do that. It's in the show notes. And it's how I keep you guys all updated on my day to day. I've been really trying to show my face and show up a lot more daily just because I have taken such a hiatus going through this really choppy season of my life. And so anyway, I'm reading this book called A Return to Love, and it is reflections on the principles of A Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles is a very, very thick text, and it was written um, to explain spirituality in a sense, um, and the power of the universe and the law of attraction and the laws of the universe in general. And so I really like A Course in Miracles. It reads and looks like and feels like a Bible um, or any other religious text, but it's, uh, it's the language that I need because it explains religion and other um, viewpoints and other practices in a very simple way that I really relate to. I really need it to be broken down kind of into simple terms for me. So that is, um, you know, you can find it anywhere. Again, it's called A Course in Miracles. That's a massive text. And I do own that book. But like I said, it reads like a Bible. It, it is um, extremely tedious and it it's a lot of information and it would probably take somebody their entire lifetime if they read it word for word which I know that many people have done but I have decided to buy this book called A Return to Love 
which is, uh, I guess, a shorthand version of it. So it's kind of breaking it down. So this is what I've been doing to recalibrate myself a little bit because I definitely have noticed that, I mean, like, uh, I don't know if you're ever finding yourself in this situation where you definitely feel like you're not yourself lately. Maybe um, you struggle with mental health as well, or you've struggled with addiction in your past, and you are starting to recognize that you're engaging in certain thought patterns, certain behaviors, these warning signs are coming up, and it's kind of sounding alarms off in your head, and you can kind of see the red flashing lights. You're like, oh, shit, this is not good. And so in that, in those moments, we have a decision to make. And so we can decide to, like, like I said, you know, we, we can reach out and ask for help and ask for guidance and search for the things that we know will bring us back to ourself in those moments and kind of redirect our thoughts. Or we can engage in that thought and in the behavior that our thought is telling us. And um, I just want to take a moment to explain again and just remind you that the voice in your mind that tells you to self-destruct when you are scared or hurt or in pain is not your authentic self. That is a voice that wants you to self-destruct because all that it wants is for you to be soothed and to feel a little bit more at peace and have a little bit of relief. And so for me, you know, my history I have all different forms of coping strategies in place. And a lot of that is reach for the alcohol, reach for the weed, call up that guy that calls you pretty. Um, you know, there, there's so many. There's the order, the takeout that you can't afford financially because you should definitely be saving money and the calories that you told yourself that you weren't going to eat in an item. You know, it tells me to skip the gym because moving is just really hard right now and I deserve to rest while I sit on my couch ordering my meal that I shouldn't have ordered because DoorDash is expensive as hell. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of goes down this loop of like all of these many different ways that we can tend to engage with the world around us when we aren't feeling like we're in a good emotional state. And if we let that go for too long, that is what we call unmanageability. And oftentimes this can spiral into an addiction. And once we are stuck in the dark like that, it is so hard to pull ourselves out of it. It's it's actually um, very, very unlikely that we will pull ourselves out of it. And so that's why talking to my sponsor, talking to my beautiful friends who have my back, getting on here and sharing openly with my guests, you know, whether they're recovery coaches or um, authors or anybody else, any of the other gorgeous guests that I've had on lately, I have been very open with them on the podcast and when the recording stops, just letting them know kind of where I'm at and what I'm struggling with. And, you know, it's it's kind of hard to be explaining out loud that I'm not doing well and then recognizing that I'm still engaging in the behaviors that I said that I wanted to stop. So yeah, I'm definitely in this process of being like, yes, I do want to make some changes. And I'm giving myself grace to kind of do that in a way that um, like, I just I know that what I just went through was extremely traumatic for me, because it did derail me so much. I just I was super not expecting my response to not just the breakup, but the move. And like, I've lived alone before you guys, like I'm good at living alone, like I am solid at it. And somehow this, everything, all of the change between the job change, the relationship status change, the home change, everything has been very, very difficult for me this time around. And so 
yeah, I guess having the knowledge and the support and just the recovery background to recognize when I'm not living my best, um, that's been life-saving. And so I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity for the last four years to learn as much as I have from the people that, you know, just want to see me do well as well. And so if that needs to, you know, if that, if you needed that reminder, just that, you know, community is everything and it could literally save your life someday, especially when we get ourselves into these seasons or like just life happens and we don't remember or we're not understanding that we really need to be saved from ourselves. And so the other people around us can recognize and be like, hey, you're not good. Like, let's talk this out. You know, like we have to start making some changes. And I just I just adore my community and you guys are all part of it. So, um, yeah, just a short gratitude quick before we jump right in. But before we jump in, it's like 20 minutes in. Anyway, I was going to say A Return to Love is a book that I'm reading. And so I opened it this morning just to recenter or, you know, like collect my thoughts and set the mood for the day. And so I've been reading in this every morning. And I don't know if you have a any interest in this book, but I'm on page 76. And there is a part of this book that I really want to read out to you because it it really changed everything for me this morning. Okay, so it is it kind of reminds me of the acceptance prayer and I've talked about acceptance a little bit before on the podcast, but acceptance and surrendering are two main spiritual principles that I'm going to talk about today. Those are just basically fancy it's a fancy way of saying that I need to practice the the notion of acceptance and I need to practice surrendering as well because how I've been going about it in my own way, my human way, my egoic way is to just reach for the next right thing. It's easy button after easy button after easy button. And I'm starting to really be like, hey, like this isn't okay. Yeah. So uh, this book on page 76, it says it's never really a circumstance that needs to change. It's we who need to change. So when we ask for the universe to have our back, it's not that we are asking it to change our lives, but rather for the universe to change us and to change our perspective and our understanding of what we need to do or how we need to think or what energy we need to tap into in order to then be open and willing and available for the change to take place. The other part that got me was it says our creativity rather than making us personally powerful, makes us hysterical if we are not able to tap into our, the energy. You know, if we're not able to tap into what what this book calls source uh, or the universe, you know, like if we're unable to tap into that energy and take all of the beauty that life is giving us and turn it into good things and be of service to help other people and um, you know, just be a positive force on planet Earth. If we're unable to take all of that creative energy and turn it into something gorgeous, if we're stuck in this cycle of trauma, and if we want if we want to hide because we are scared, then that power that's meant to save us and give us a meaning for life actually ends up destroying us. It says that's why creative power, um, like, I mean, basically the creativity that we have in us and the curiosity and the 
the need and the desire to have a purpose and to do more and not just do, but to be, you know, to be the best version of ourselves, like that pull that we feel is the universe acting inside of us. It's the energy, it's our spirit, really. And it wants to get out, it wants to dance, it wants to do the things that it's here to do. But if we don't receive it with grace, then it can like literally drive us insane. Like this is what the text is talking about is how directly correlated it is to our mental health. And so sometimes when we are having a spiritual issue, um, we're not spiritually aligned. It is, it uh, translates into a mental health or emotional health problem. And a lot of times, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but for me, I didn't have an answer or a direction or a modality to understand my spirituality or to understand what that was. And I know any time that I tap into it, like through this book or through the 12 step program um, work or speaking with my sponsor, whatever it is, if I tap into my spirituality, my mental and emotional health flourish alongside of it. So I know that they're directly connected for me. It also says, and this is the part that really caught me, it says, this is the one, of the, one of the reasons why so many creative people have turned to a destructive use of drugs. They actually dull the experience of the reception of the universe's power rather than enhance it. So many of us say, you know, um, I need to drink in order to be social or to be fun or to have fun. Um, or uh, a lot of times people will say, oh, I need to do this particular drug or I need to drink in order to be creative. We've heard um, authors or musicians or whatever, like they'll they'll say that. But in reality, always it is actually dulling their energy, their creative energy and what they are able to do with their power rather than enhancing it. Because once we when we feel like we have a calling and then we don't know how to make that calling happen, we're like, okay, well, I have this idea. I have this purpose. I really want to do this with my life. I wish these things for myself. But then our human mind kicks in and it's like, oh, but like there's no way for me to possibly achieve that. I just can't. I don't have the avenues. It's not possible for me. And so we start to doubt ourselves in all these ways. And when we do that, then we basically, I mean, we, we, we lean into the fear and we become so frightened that we actually, we can run to these things like drugs, alcohol, food, random sex, spending money, um, whatever it is. And all of those things that we choose, whatever modality you choose, we're just choosing it to avoid feeling what's really happening. And this is the part that really woke me the hell up. I have been sitting in my shit and I honestly, I know that like I've literally sat on my couch in the past couple of weeks and just kind of looked around and been like, yeah, I know what I should do and I'm not going to do any of it. And I'll like pull my shades and just like decide that I'd rather be on the couch for the day, which, by the way, I want you to give yourself permission to be a human being like you're allowed to have off days, but I refuse to tell you that it's OK for you to pull your blinds, call into work or whatever it is, and literally just zone out with life for several days in a row because that is spiritual suicide. Like, it's not okay. You're going to end up feeling even more alone and even more isolated than before, especially when it's something that, like, 
something like a breakup where we're sitting in our feelings. You know what I mean? Like we need something to come in and interject and shake up that energy. Otherwise, it's just this like endless spiral. And it can be actually really dangerous, especially with us that struggle with mental health and with addiction. So I just wanted to be really clear about that. But the part that woke me up, it says to ask for another relationship or another job is not particularly helpful if we're going to show up in the new situation exactly as we showed up in the last one. Until we're healed of our internal demons, our fearful mental habits, we will turn every situation into the same painful drama as the one before. <sighs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is something that uh, it definitely hit me today. It It hurt a lot to read that. And I also really needed it um, to recognize that like, if I'm not willing to do anything different right now to help myself, then I am going to sit in it. Then nothing is going to change. Like the only thing in life that is constant is change. And so if I'm sitting here hoeing and humming and like just all so upset at the fact that like my life looks much different today than it did two months ago, like it does. It actually looks all different. <laughs> like so much is different. And at the same time, I cannot live there. I cannot sit in the like poutiness of just being like, well, this isn't how I wanted it to go. Like, okay, well, it's how it needs to go because there's more things in your future that are available only by doing this work, only by taking the steps now to move forward. Will you actually move into the future in the way that is meant for you? That is aligned with your purpose or you can continue to self-destruct if that feels good for you but i'll be the first person to say like it sure doesn't so i don't want to sit here you know it's like one of those things like i don't want to do any of the work i want life to be easier yeah well you got to choose one this is an analogy that i'm taking from the book but i want you to think of us human beings on planet earth as lamps and the electricity is this energy from the universe and it is telling us what our purpose is Okay, so I'm just going to read this part verbatim. This part, um, I still, I've mentioned this on the podcast as well, but the word God and me have a really odd relationship. And uh, so it's it's a little touchy. I have like an eye twitch whenever I am reading about the word God, especially because I think I mostly I'm afraid that you guys are going to perceive me as somebody that, uh, again, like I have these preconceived notions of growing up in a religious setting in a kind of a forced uh I don't like it and I know that I'm not the only one here that feels that way so if the word god makes you uh you know it makes your eye twitch <laughs> the way that mine does I just want you to change out the word god when I'm reading this paragraph into something that just means good orderly direction it just means something that is your moral compass. It just means something that like there's a force out there that is guiding us. Uh, maybe it's karma. You know, maybe it is um, love. You know, whatever it is, I just want you to tap into a different word that feels better for you. Because this paragraph, it does kind of trigger me as well. Um, this whole book does because they mention God so often, the word God. Um, but yeah, this paragraph. So it says, God and humans are the ultimate creative team. God is like electricity. A house can be wired for it, but if there aren't any light fixtures, what good does that do? If God is seen as electricity, then we are his lamps. It doesn't matter the size of the lamp or its shape or its design. All that matters is that it gets plugged in. It doesn't matter who we are or what our gifts are. All that matters is that we are willing to be used in his service. Our willingness, our conviction gives us a miraculous power. 
Um, and so it says lamps without electricity cast no light. And electricity without lamps cast no light either. But together they cast out all darkness. And I just thought that that was really beautiful. Um, we can even use that as like a, a metaphor. Um, but yeah, there's like definitely, um, there's definitely a lot that I'm wanting to tap into with my recovery, my personal journey right now and the way that I've been operating, like the story that I've been telling myself uh, is just not empowering at all. It's been pretty disempowering, to be honest. And um, I can feel myself like pining for um, attention uh, or love or care or just anything that spikes my mood in all of the wrong ways. And it just, it's not cute. It's not cute anymore, and I'm really over the pity party that I've been throwing myself here all alone. So, <laughs> that being said, I understand that I've learned to hide, but I don't want that to be my life story. I don't want that to be the way that I go out. I don't want that to be the way that, you know, maybe this podcast doesn't continue moving forward. I don't want it to be the way that, like, I didn't make it to another job interview because I was too busy destroying my life because I was still, I was so stuck in this spiral that everything else tumbled after me. And I know that, you know, things are always working out for me, but I also am aware that I have to have agency and I have to do the human thing and move my feet and be an active participant in my own life. Otherwise, I'm just sitting here waiting for life to happen at me. And that is not how we live life. That That is not the way that we do things. We literally, we, the lamps, have to be able to like plug in and tap in and be turned on by the universe's energy and by love and by our our main purpose like why are we here why did we come to earth like what is our purpose and if we're not living in alignment with that then then what the heck no wonder why we don't feel very good something else that i learned from another podcast that i was listening to this morning like i said like i'm i'm constantly reading now i'm listening to podcasts i'm even picking certain music genres that feel better to my spirit right now i am cutting people out of my life that are maybe part of an old narrative I'm just being very selective with what I am surrounding myself with and what I'm ingesting right now. And so I was listening to this podcast earlier. If you know Abraham Hicks, um, they are a channel for um, the universe or for source. And Esther is uh, the woman that kind of channels Abraham. And um, it can kind of sound woo woo if you're not super into it. So I just kind of, um, or if you don't know a lot about it yet. And so I would just really recommend going on YouTube and, and maybe I'll actually put it in the show notes. I'll just, I'll pick an Abraham Hicks um, podcast and just throw a link in the show notes because I would just love for you guys to experience what it's like to listen to Abraham Hicks if you haven't already. For me, it's been a huge part of my growth and my spirituality and my recovery. But something that Abraham was saying this morning is that nothing that you want in life, <laughs> she's like, I promise you, no matter what, something that you want, something that you think that you want, it is never upstream. If you like picture a river, right? A very flowing, raging river. And to think that Getting into the river and swimming as hard as you possibly can to swim upstream is the answer. Why would that be the answer? Why would we think that fighting upstream, like, okay, so like for me, fighting upstream, I'm doing like the air quote things with my fingers, right? But fighting upstream, 
was me fighting against the negative emotions that I've been experiencing for almost two months now, you guys. Like it's been almost two months since I've been in my apartment and I am, oh my gosh, I'm feeling discontent. I'm feeling frustrated. I feel like struggle is like part of my everyday word. People are like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, "Mm, not doing so hot lately, but I'm getting there. You know, like I'm trying to be like half positive about it, but I'm also like, I'm straight up not having a good time, bro. Like life is hard. And so I've just been honest about the fact that I feel burnt out. And it's because you guys, I have been literally trying to swim upstream. I'm like, nope, this is the way that it's supposed to go. This is the way that I want to go. I think that swimming upstream is the right answer and everything in the world is like, hello, Mariah. Hello. (laughs) Why wouldn't you understand that going with the flow? Just stop fighting. Just stop trying to bust your ass to swim up river. Just let it go. Just let go. Surrender. Ride the waves here. Ride the choppy waters and you'll end up exactly where you're supposed to be going because my way is not supposed to be the right way because I don't know what's best for me. Only the universe knows what is meant for me. And all I've needed to do on my part as the human in the situation is to let go. All I've needed to do as the lamp is to plug in to the wall and let the universe's energy light me up. And I've just been willingly sitting here with the freaking plug-in in my hand being like I just don't know why this thing won't turn on like okay (laughs) like you have the power to do it like you know the tools you've done this before you've come from the absolute depths of freaking who knows where in your addiction back in 2018 2019 and you pulled yourself out of that Mariah like you know what that's like to do this work to change and so what are you doing? Like, you have to remember that you got to plug it in, you know, and I get it. Like the light is blinding when you first plug it in, when you're so used to the dark. But again, the darkness isn't fun. The darkness is scary. The darkness is where you hide. Stop hiding. Learn to love the light and not sit in the darkness, even though, I mean, just because you grew up in the darkness, just because that's what you're used to. And it's what's air quote comfortable right? Because you know it's not, because you know that you're afraid of it in there, and you know that you feel alone in there. Like, it's not the answer. The dark is not the answer. Wearing the armor and putting up the walls and building it even higher, getting it even darker, why would that be the answer? Like, it's absolutely not. I want you to give yourself permission to plug in, to tap in, and to turn on that light. For me, I mean, I I opened up the notes in my phone, and I wrote myself uh, a note, and it says, if you let go, in all caps, If you let go of your resistance, you will stop telling yourself and everyone around you that life is stressful. You'll stop saying nothing is working out or good things don't exist because you will find that it is effortless when you match energies with things that are already meant for you. So let the river, like let that flow, let the resistance go and just let the river take you. Let life happen. Like, let the grief and the loss and the pain happen. That is something that I've had to tell myself. Like, learning to hide. I hide from pain. That's what I do. I hide from anything that scares me or feels like pain to me. And grief does both. And I have been grieving everything over the last couple of weeks. And not to mention it's the holiday season. It's the week of Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up. Like, There are so many different forms of grief, both with like my past grandparents, the way holidays always were with my family, the fact that I don't speak to my father, I haven't in a very long time, 
Um, you know, it's just, it's rough and uh, holidays don't look anything like they used to for our family. And so I haven't been letting myself feel the grief and the pain and the loss, you know, like mourning someone, mourning the loss of a person, place, thing, an old version of yourself. Like these things are going to be painful because it's all that we knew. And so stepping into a new life, like while it's exciting sometimes, it's also really freaking scary. And for me, scary is indicative of the fact that it will be painful because that's, I mean, I'm, I don't know. It's just like, that's how I was programmed. And so I need to work through that and get through that and realize the only way out of this is through the only way out of the pain and the loss and the grief that I feel or feelings of rejection or feelings of confusion. The only way out is through by uh, choosing to numb or isolate or not share my story or whatever it is, you know, engaging in XYZ behaviors that you know aren't healthy for you, that you know are easy buttons, and that you know tomorrow you're going to be like, gosh, why did I do that thing again that I said I wasn't going to do anymore? Because I know it's harmful to me. Like, okay, like, okay, so you're, (laughs) you know what you have to do, you're just not doing it. Why? The only way out is through. And once we give ourselves permission to feel it, it will subside way quicker. You know, this is a huge um, thing for me. I know that I, my addiction was on a spiral loop and there was no way that it was stopping until I, until I felt it, until I went to treatment and I was in counseling and I was in group and I was working through some things on purpose to get myself to experience those emotions that I'd been avoiding. I think I cried the most in my entire life for the first month or two months of my recovery. Like I needed to cry every single day for a very long time to get out as much sadness and grief and fear that I had been harboring inside me for how long, for years, in order to give myself permission to experience life without needing to numb. And in order to realize that I wasn't going to self-destruct if I felt the pain, you know, I thought that, um, you know, if I felt that much pain or if I felt that much fear that somehow it would attack me and that would be the end of it. Like, I think that my subconscious was just like, this is how we die. Like, this is what a panic attack feels like. And you will have a heart attack and you'll die. Like, I just, the thing is, is like my conscious mind wasn't telling me things like that, but my subconscious that has been triggered and traumatized and programmed in childhood told me very, very much like this is serious. You need to get out and air quote again by getting out of my own life with alcohol and drugs, I felt less pain. And so I had, I guess, uh, tricked myself and bought into that idea that somehow alcohol or drugs or, you know, fill in the blank with any other coping mechanism here was the answer. And, um, It was just a way to make sure that I was staying numb and not feeling anything. So I was more willing to sit in the pain and in the darkness. Because if you're going to drug somebody up while they're in a dark closet, like why, you know, like they don't have the the agency or the the wherewithal with them. They don't have they're not present you know, in order to think clearly and process clearly and make certain decisions to get themselves out of the dark. And so, yeah, I guess like the the voice in my mind told me to, to hide um, recently, you know, um, a bunch of shit hit the fan in the life of Mariah. And I went 
this is too much. This is too much change. I don't like any of this. This all feels like pain and it all feels terrible. And so my mind went, aha, this is pain. We're used to pain. Pain is comfortable. You know what this means is that we can now choose these other things that we know are medicine for us. They are, again, we call it self-medicating when we choose alcohol or weed or um, even um, like binge eating or um, seriously, I named so many different forms, you know, but like we, we do this, you know, we just, um, we choose things outside of us to make us feel better in the moment. So we don't have to feel the feeling. And um, yeah, I guess if this is how you're feeling, I want you to please give yourself permission. I'm giving myself permission. I recognize why it is that I wasn't hiding for as long as I was. And I'm not perfect. And I'm a human being. Just because I did this podcast right now, this shorter podcast doesn't mean that now I'm cured. And aha, I'm enlightened for the rest of my life. Like the the things are going to keep on coming at me, you know, struggles, life challenges, definitely some bumps in the road, some turbulence, some choppy waters. And I just need to make sure that I'm practicing my recovery and my uh, my allegiance to myself, you know, like I want to always have my own back period and it, you know, someone else exiting my life, being let go from a job, um, getting really tough news about a loved one's medical diagnosis. Um, you know, there's all these big things, even like the holidays coming around the corner, um, feeling like it's just not working the way that I would like it to work right now. Like, I have to recognize that these things are going to happen, but I have the agency and the power to decide how I'm going to treat myself, my body, my spirit, my mind, because those things happen. You know, do I want to be somebody that abandons myself when I feel abandoned by other people? Or am I going to make sure that I do everything in my power to stand next to myself and stop throwing myself under the bus, right? It's okay to hide. Like I recognize why I was hiding. It's nature to do that when you're scared of something or when you think that something's going to cause you pain. We see this in the wild all the time, like animals. It's a protective measure. We even have it in us. Nobody has to teach us to hide from something that we're scared of. We just know to hide from something that we're scared of. Um, So it's just it's innate. It's in us. But we can't get stuck there and we can't let our mind trick us into thinking that it's a life threatening fear when in reality it's just emotions. And emotions have never, ever hurt anybody. Or I'm sorry, emotions have never killed anybody. Emotions are painful. Emotions hurt. They do. Emotions are also really beautiful. And if you're numbing the the hard ones like grief or loss or pain, emotional pain, you cannot experience the good ones that life is also giving us, like joy and love and wonder and awe and excitement and curiosity. Like there's so much more to life in the world around us that we've given ourselves a chance to experience, especially if you've been numbing out or choosing other things to just not be present and to not experience life. So yeah, uh, that is that is what I have to say today, I guess. Um, I just want you to tell you that I just want to tell you that it is okay if you feel like you have also been in this cycle. I know I'm not the only one. The state of the world right now is fucking insane. And we don't have to harm ourselves because the world around us is harming us. We don't have to engage 
in our own self-harm because we feel hurt by any other thing outside of us, whether that be a person, place, thing, situation, the world, the state of the world, the economy, whatever the fuck, right? Like we don't have to be that person that sets up to the plate first to throw the first punch at ourselves. We can be the person that recognizes that we need to just come out of hiding and we can plug in our own lamp and we can tap in to the energy that we know is true by reading, connecting, listening. You know, we have to connect. We have to do that plug in action. Take your cord, plug it into the wall, turn on your lamp with the energy from the universe and ask it what it is that you really need. We can do this through meditating. Um, and just there's so many different ways that we can go about it. But I know for sure numbing out with any of these false coping mechanisms that feel good in the moment, but actually wreak havoc on our lives when we choose them long term is never the answer. And so, yeah, I guess uh, I don't know if this is more so a learning to hide or maybe a second episode of an update on my recovery. But yeah, I just really needed to get all of that out. I am going to be heading up towards, I call it damn near Canada, uh, to a super small town with one of my really good friends and his family for this Thanksgiving. And so if you're listening to this, I hope that you had a peaceful holiday, whatever that looks like for you, even if it means sitting alone and choosing yourself over any other toxic environment that may have been an option for you this year. So um, I'll probably have another conversation like this on the podcast closer to Christmas. Uh, maybe tell a little bit more of my story and why my family's a little displaced since two Christmases ago. Um, if you haven't heard some of that story as well, like I said, go back and listen to the Learning to Hide Part 1 episode and give yourself grace today. Uh, I give yourself, yourself permission to recognize where you're at, recognize why it is that you may be behaving the way that you have been, but also recognize that you have the power to tap into what's actually meant for you. You do not have to be an idle side person in your life. You are the main character. Act like it. Small Talk is produced in partnership with Be Easy Marketing. It would mean so much if you took the time right now to follow the pod and give a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'll see you guys here next week for another Big Talk topic. Until then, let's keep moving forward.